Don't you know that you so wrong, man? You're wrong and here's why. Chris and Greg don't see eye to eye like none of the time. Robert Covington sticks. I don't care what you think. How is LeBron James the king when he's ruining teams? Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why. Chris Wardell joined by Greg Crone. Gregory, how you doing? Woo, woo, woo. Football's back. We got Maction on the table. Mm. Uh, you know, the college football season for some may be canceled again, but yeah. uh, we're, we're getting back in the swing of things. Everybody somehow has, it's just, uh, here's the thing. The NFL, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't get it. So a guy tests positive on the 49ers yeah, mm-hmm. today. They play tomorrow. Yeah. They're still going to play. How? Well, look, contact tracing has been an incredibly useful tool in the NFL and to the point where you're like, "Eh, that makes obvious sense. And maybe that's something we should have employed as a country a little bit earlier on and maybe 230,000 people wouldn't have died. But contact tracing has been really, really effective in the NFL. They've done a great job of of limiting the uh, sort of the scope of how big any particular outbreak can be. It's, you know, it, it doesn't shock me. There are protocols that are going to have to obviously be met before anybody you can play who is in close proximity. But eh, I mean, that the, guy's in the huddle. The whole mm, offense is in close that's not proximity. Great. That's yeah, <laughs> that's that's not great. But it's open air and we understand a little bit about the spread at this point. So yeah, eh, it's just, that's just perplexing. The, it's look. Twenty twenty is perplexing. Man. <laughs> it definitely is. It definitely is. I mean, have you seen the NFC East? Oh, doing well, those look, kind of jokes for, for the rest of the day. We'll get to that kind of joke, but you are one of the more sensationalistic people that I know, Gregory. It's no. it's it's one of your great <laughs> your character traits. So I uh, I've got Bavada Sportsbook open in front of me, and I want to get your take on the current odds. For the Daryl Morey-led Philadelphia 76ers to win the NBA championship in 2020-2021. And currently, at Bavada, the 76ers are plus 3,000 and about the number 10 team in terms of odds. How do you feel about that? I mean, it's pretty much where they sat last year heading into the season. They may have been a tick higher, Mm -hmm. um, just depending on what the, the odds makers thought. But to me... It doesn't make the team's not any different, right? Well, and I'm sure, be. like they're they'll, gonna be. they'll add through the draft, right? But as of right this second, they're not any different. If Maury comes in and we wave the magic hinky wand or whatever we're going to do here, and we trade Joel Embiid for James Harden, and that's we, not gonna happen, you know? Well, sure, let's trade the other guy, the better of the two. It's fine. Uh, the better of the two, but the harder to build a team around. But harder to build a team in 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 you know. Harder to build a team around in this era, maybe. Yeah. But that's, Joel Embiid, this is the era we play in, jo- so that seems, that seems relevant. Joel Embiid is an, a guy who should who would have been dominant in the Shaq era, and the, is and is also dominant in this era. By the way, <sighs> dominant's an interesting phrase to use for somebody that can't get out of the second round. It's never been no. first team All NBA, one time All Star, or two time All Star. Dominant's a weird word to use, but two time All Star in like three years. He's only not been an All Star one year that he actually played. Like, what are we <laughs> knocking? So the same thing could be said about LeBron James, for the record. I, I, that's, <laughs> I my point is is that Joel Embiid. 
is the guy you would get rid of in this situation. I muted myself, and then I had to go back to what I was saying. <laughs> um, he's the guy I would trade in this situation if that is the rebuild that you're trying to do. Let's get 47-year-old James Harden. I know he gets to the line. He's a good three-point shooter unless he goes 0 for 16 in a game. Um, we'll get him. Oh, I'm ben. sorry. Are you knocking James Harden's offensive ability? Because all all the asinine, to quote you, things that have been said on this show, <laughs> that is maybe the most ridiculous. This is James Harden has a legitimate case of being the most gifted offensive player in the history of professional basketball. I'm not doubting that. My my my. I guess I'm projecting what my eventual frustrations with watching a James Harden led Sixers team would would look like. So you're complaining about the one game he shoots poorly. It's more than one game. He holds like the record for like the top ten. He's like ten of the top ten worst three pointing three point shooting performances in NBA history for a single game. But uh, that's neither here nor there. Um, my my point is is that I don't know. I don't know if like if that's a move that gets made. Do I see the Sixers at plus three thousand to win a championship as as pretty solid value? Maybe. I mean, Harden's played with other MVP or first-team All-NBA top-tier guys for years, and the best he did was when he was the third option in OKC getting to a yeah. conference final. Now, granted... They were young. Western Conference. Yeah, they right, but also... Now, and but also, James Harden wasn't James Harden at that point either. But also, even now, like with the Rockets, you are in the harder of the two conferences. There's mm-hmm. no doubt about it. So it's it, it's hard to knock him for something like that. But it's not a move... If you can add him... To the Embiid Simmons situation, I find that to be a very good option. If you have to remove one of them, I'd prefer it be Embiid, but I think that it would end up being Simmons, and I don't think that that makes this team that much better from an overall standpoint. I see what you're saying. I disagree. I think they're significantly better. I still don't want to trade Ben Simmons, and I do think it's sort of a moot point. Because, you know, Doc Rivers came here to coach Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Daryl Morey came here in large part because of Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. I don't think that the first move that they're going to make is to break up Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. There are definitely going to be trades, so there's no question about that. This roster is going to look significantly different. I, you know, a guy who we got we heard is available today is a very, very interesting fit in New Orleans to bring Drew Holiday back home as the point guard for this team. Uh, you know, I... Honestly, we there are some interesting trades thrown out, and I've seen some three-way trades with the uh, with the Hornets and the uh, and the Pelicans, where Horford would go to uh, Horford would go to New Orleans, and um, Josh Richardson would go to go to the Pelicans with Philadelphia getting back Drew Holiday and obviously other pieces involved too, but Drew Holiday and JJ Redick that solves a lot of the problems on this team right now uh adding that sort of three-point shooting and that that i guess primary ball handler in that case you would think drew would probably be the listed point guard but i don't well, know from a defensive standpoint I oh mean, wow you're talking, you're talking about uh, somehow even improving more over the josh richardson defensive prowess oh yeah like drew, drew holiday might be the best defensive guard in basketball well and it also uh, you know, we talked a little bit about the Harden stuff. You're, if you do trade Ben, you're trading Ben's prolific defense for mm-hmm. Harden's no defense and Harden's prolific offense for Ben's when he wants to play on offense, offense. So eh, that's tough. But with Holiday, I would love for the Sixers to do that. Like that's 
perfect, I think, for you obviously take the ball a little bit more out of Ben's hands, which is fine. fine. You just have to figure out how to make Ben more effective off ball, which I think he struggles with a little bit. Well, the one and only three that he's willing to shoot at this point is that that catch and shoot corner three. So that actually could be a good fit if you're talking about kickouts from Holiday. Ben might actually be willing to take that. But, you know, we, we saw an increased willingness to shoot threes. It still wasn't a lot. But we saw right. an increased willingness, and you have to hope that that continues uh, as we move forward. But I, again, I think that's a moot point. I don't think there's even a chance that they're going to trade Simmons or Embiid. But you know, Josh Richardson, uh, Tobias Harris, Al Horford, all very available. I think the Philadelphia fans might be upset to see Matisse Thybul traded because he's one of the more valuable younger pieces to this team. What is and- our obsession as a franchise? Of trading guys in before or really after their rookie during and after their rookie year, like what is that? Well, I mean, you could argue they capitalized significantly on the value of Michael Carter Williams by doing that, but obviously you're talking about Landry Shamet in more recent history. Yes, look, Shamet was good, not great in in L.A. And honestly, if if I don't know what the result is going to be, I make that trade again because theoretically Tobias Harris was the perfect fit next to Joel and Ben. Now, what we didn't fully understand at that point is that he's more comfortable having the ball and initiating his own offense than he, than he is in catch-and-shoot situations. The same can be said about Josh Richardson, who, again, theoretically, great ad, a great addition. In, in practice, not such a great uh, addition. No. You need catch-and-shoot guys. You need guys who are willing to take five threes a game and, and spread the court. And I have all the confidence in the world that Daryl Morey is going to find those guys. It's crazy that, that they went from basically like, you know, Elton brand, Alex Rucker and, and Brett Brown and no disrespect to Brett Brown, but uh, to all the disrespect to, to Daryl Morey and Peter Dinwiddie and doc rivers and Dave Yeager and Sam Cassell and Dan Burke. That that's unbelievable. Dude, when Sam Cassell takes over as the interim head coach like halfway through next year, it's going to be so awesome. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> no, but he was the guy initially that I was like, why not give these guys a shot? Right? I we liked Jaeger, about- by the way. That's ironically. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, I think that we've finally tried to build like an actual basketball front office. And, and it kind of came staff. out of It kind of came out of nowhere. Like, we spent all these years with whatever the trust, the process, and then the in-between with the Colangelo stuff, and then you mix in, like, we just had Brett as the constant throughout yeah. all the, the at, turmoil. At one point, interim GM. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Thank God he didn't, thank God he didn't go all, uh, Bill, um... Donovan. No, the, the guy who got fired by the Texans. Bill interim, O'Brien. Bill O'Brien. I mean, thank God. former Penn State head coach, not like you should have any knowledge of that. That's how little I care about Penn State football <laughs> for the most part. Um, it, it, it's just they, – they like finally you think that this, this team and this franchise is going to take that next step, and I'm afraid to get excited because I'm afraid to get disappointed again. And I have a feeling that that's where this could potentially end in pure and utter disappointment for me as a Sixers fan. Oh, I'm ready to get hurt again. I'm ready. I'm ready for it. Like I, I, tr- I trust this team. And look, I also, tr- I also know that this roster isn't going to be corrected in an off season. So yeah, that's a- you have to give Daryl Morey till that second season before you know to sort of hold judgment. I think my biggest issue is is how callous I am as a Sixers fan or, or Philadelphia sports fan in general. Where like I'm just 
I'm just so prepared for everything to go wrong. Mm-hmm. And then we had that one time where literally like everything went wrong and Carson Wentz's leg exploded. But then somehow we still managed to win the NFL championship. Yeah. AKA the Super Bowl. Not AKA, really sure why yeah. I called it the NFL championship, but regardless. But like that's one of those things where it's like it's like that might be the one time we just kind of get one. And now every time going forward, we're just going to get our hopes up and then have them sufficiently dashed into the dirt. Well, I mean, now Carson sold his soul to stay healthy to this point, but unfortunately he's got one of those, uh, I forget what that Kevin Durant movie was called, but he's got that situation going on where he lost all of his powers and doesn't know how to play football anymore. I mean, Space Jam? No. Oh, Space Jam would have been a good reference too, but I was looking for the Kevin Durant Bow Wow movie. It's not like Mike, but it's something similar. To oh, that. yeah, you're right. It's like Thunderstruck. Is that it? I think it might actually be Thunderstruck. <laughs> I'm going to have to look it up because now I'm... I'm I am yeah. too, and it is Thunderstruck, but... Is it? Okay. And, but I should have gone Space Jam. That was the obvious... Good call on that. That was the obvious choice. Space Jam. Imagine, imagine coming down from, from the alien planet and you're like, we need five of the best basketball players' talents. Get me Sean Bradley. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's like, ooh, Larry Johnson, Patrick Ewing... Uh, Muggsy Bogues, we got a ball handler. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Charles and Sean Bradley. It's like, what guys? We didn't watch the tape here. Like, there <laughs> yeah. were so many better options. It's like, like, well, he's, he's we tall. Who's the tallest player in the NBA right now? Let's get that guy. Sean Bradley. Sean Bradley was relatively talented and relatively skilled. He was just, he could never, he could never get over the fact that he was so physically weak and it was just so easy to get under him and move him around. Yeah. And you're never going to live up to, what was he, the number two overall pick, right? In front like, of Penny Hardaway. Yeah, it's a tough one. It's a tough one when you're when you're in front of those, or you know, you go before those guys, and it's like, uh, come on, Sean. Like, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna be on your side here, but every night on Sports Center, somebody's dunking on you, and I, I can't get behind that. Yeah, take the seven foot six Mormon instead of the uh, you know one time All NBA guard. It's uh... by the way, if you Google Sean Bradley, well, I guess I spelled it incorrectly, but uh, I was gonna say if you. Google Sean Bradley, the eagle Sean Bradley comes up, but that is U-A-N, hmm. not A, uh, not A-W-N. So. Anytime I hear Bradley as the last name, I immediately go Stuart Bradley, and I think about what could have been for the Eagles at middle linebacker. Ah, uh, yes. He was good for a minute and a half before he got hurt, and then we realized, oh, yeah, he's not so good. Yeah. Wait, was yeah. Jamal Mashburn in that draft? I think so, actually. Oh, Sam Cassell was in that draft. That's funny. So Sean Bradley goes ahead of the next picks— Penny Hardaway obviously goes three, uh, drafted by the Warriors, traded to the Orlando Magic. Jamal Mashburn goes four. Isaiah J.R. Ryder, five, ho- the creator of the East Coast Funk Dunk. Calvert Chaney, <laughs> six. Bobby Hurley, seven. Vin Baker, eight. Uh, later on, Allen Houston. Sam Cassell goes 24. And, How? Uh, and Nick the Quick, Nick Van Axel in that draft as well. How dare you skip right on over uh, the always great super skilled one arguably one of the best selections in the draft George Greg Lynch. Graham George hey George Lynch was a good basketball player George <laughs> Lynch he was on that finals team I, I know I had a uh, I had an argument with a a local radio personality and superstar Sixers podcaster about George Lynch and how he was a better three-point shooter than someone Rob Rodney Co- uh, Robert Covington that's probably it that's what I said um it was a very, very hysterical argument because the the data on George Lynch's three point shooting it was like three threes a game. But I had to, I had the percentages, Chris. That's what I was looking at. Can I tell you that I was, uh, you know, and I don't want look. 
I don't have any personal problem with this guy, so I'm not I'm not going to go ahead and say the name. If people know who we're talking about, so be it. But I was listening to that gentleman's program, and uh, I was listening to the Daryl Morey interview, and I just find them like the, both of those guys like so whiny, uh, whiny, tough to listen to. It it uh, where I tapped out. Uh, as a as a regular listener, was the comment that was once made, I hope the Sixers never get good so we can just keep doing the process stuff forever. That's where I was like, oh, so this isn't actually about the franchise ever being good. It's about being able to discuss pick swaps on your podcast and, and having a draft party. Like, it's, it's, it's I, I can't. I can't do it anymore. Just watch the games and tell me what you think and tell me what you think is a good move or a bad move. Uh, yeah, much maligned Jimmy Butler trade, and that guy almost almost dragged the Heat to an NBA championship in, mm. in a weird season. But it's fine, it's fine. I just I can't do it with them. By the way, we are two weeks from the uh, NBA draft, and we are three weeks <laughs> away from. Uh, I'm so what's so funny? I thought you were going to say we're two weeks away from the start of the NBA. We're, cl- really we're getting close. That way. Yeah, we're getting close. <laughs> really uh, I mean, it's it's probably going to be announced later tonight that the December 22nd start date will be official. But so we're you know we're about six weeks away from the start of the NBA season. Uh, training camp will. The guy, I believe, players can report on December 1st. But we're two weeks exactly from the NBA draft. We're three weeks exactly from the start of the NCAA season, which is a, a it's a weird thing. But uh, my Villanova Wildcats, Gregory, plus 700 and the favorites at Bavada to win the 2021 NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament. Exciting I mean, times to be a Wildcats fan. I mean, coming from where they were heading into the end of last season, uh, and obviously, like, as we sat through the weird canceled March Madness, yeah. it's still unbelievably disappointing. Um, it's it's yes, it really, Financially really interesting. for me. Well, sure, yeah, no, that's that's definitely true. Um, it's it's I'm very excited to see how this team can actually perform in whatever this modified state's going to be. I'm assuming we're going to do no fans pretty much everywhere because of the indoor nature of basketball. I don't know, man. I think we're going to have limited capacity. I really do. Limited capacity is going to be super interesting then because you talk about crowd noise and then mixed in noise from the arenas. Uh, I'm, I, I, I just, it'll be nice to have college basketball back. Oh, yeah. um, I, I think plus 700 this early in the season is a great bet for, because of all the unknowns there, they have a roster that's not really filled with unknowns. Like there's a lot of teams with transfers and, and like significant changes. They aren't as significant. You know what I mean? No, the the big loss is going to be Sadiq Bay, obviously. Yeah. But you have you have a number of players who you expect to step up. Brian Antoine was a top twenty ish recruit last year, never really got going because of a shoulder injury early. Jeremiah Robinson Earl was a top fifteen recruit last year. Good player, should be a great player uh, this year for the Wildcats. They bring in Caleb Daniels as a transfer from Tulane was really good. I am uh, I'm really 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 excited about this team. Also, really 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 worried about Gonzaga. But uh, I can I can put that off, and that's something we can worry about in February, I guess. I mean, Gonzaga is one of those teams, though, that they're always ever since I was like ten, and probably even earlier than that. They've been that team that was always frisky. Then they had the Gordon Hayward run. Hmm. Uh, Gordon Hayward, and, and let's not let's not take anything away from Shelvin Mack uh, on those teams. Another excellent player. Uh-huh. 
during that uh, during that former Sixer. Let's let's That's not true. Let's, let's not forget. Um, but those, those also, were, I believe his name is Shevin Mack, isn't it? Is it Shelvin or Shevin? It might be Shelvin. I didn't. Mind, I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's Shelvin. But it could oh, be you're Shevin. right. You're right. I'm wrong. <laughs> it's it's those are the guys like that. That Butler. That's I'm talking about Butler, not Gonzaga. You I've, sure are. I was wondering about that. And by the way, Shoo. let me tell you what's going on in my brain right now. I I said the words "You're right, I'm wrong," and I was on the cusp <laughs> of awarding you a point, Greg. I was. <laughs> I was so close, but then you said you were wrong, and it just negated it. I'm thinking more. I'm I'm, I'm now going back, and I, I think I meant to start talking about um, uh, what the heck's the guy's name? His first name Adam, Adam Morrison. Morrison. There it is. Bang! We're back. Um, I, I got one super successful uh, NBA player confused with another super successful two-time NBA champion uh, in Adam Morrison. Hmm. So. But like you had those teams that were right on the cusp. It's it's, and I know they didn't make the final four that year, but then they eventually did. Uh, what was it? Two years ago, I think, or three years ago, they were in the final four. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's they're 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 always there now. Mark Few, the way he runs the program, and and he knows how to find guys. I mean, yeah. they, and they're like, they they recruit internationally really well. That's yeah, that's the key. Like I mean, you talk about Rui Hachimura, you talk about a lot of the Australian guys. Wasn't Del Del Vadova? Killian uh, Tilly. Yeah, you're talking about guys from Australia. Like they they know what they're doing in terms of of bringing in talent and not just trying to rely on you know recruiting against other people. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. know how many teams are are actively recruiting as as much internationally as Gonzaga is. Well, a few had a giant advantage of being part of that that U18 staff, I believe, that the FIBA U18 staff. So that like it's such a huge, huge advantage because you get to see all of the best international players in that age group play. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think being a part of the international staffs absolutely helps them. Um, and you're getting to see all the talent from everywhere when everybody comes together like that. Yeah. You, you slip somebody a, a business card, you're Mark Few, you're like, look at all these West Coast Conference championships, let's go. Yeah, so I'm looking at this roster right now. Honestly, it's not as impressive. So we, we go, uh, we've got uh, Nevada, we've got Minnesota, we've got Texas, we've got, uh, we've got Canada, we've got Ontario. We've got Missouri, we've got Lithuania, we've got Russia, we've got France, we've got California, we've got Mali, we've got Washington, we've got Oregon, we've got Washington, California, Oregon, uh, Oregon, and California. So, yeah, five, six international players on this roster for Gonzaga again this season. There's nobody that builds a team like that in college basketball. Like, there really just isn't. And by the way, Corey Kispert might be the best three-point shooter in college basketball. I'm fine with that. I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that. He is very Kyle Corvery for me, up to <laughs> down to the haircut. I mean, I legitimately was never the most excited in my life for like a second round pick when the Sixers got Kyle Corver. They I traded like, for him. They, they traded. It, they literally traded cash so the Pistons could buy a photocopier. I'm so down with that. It was amazing, and and you know. Watching him do the three-point contest in the blue jersey—that just bring the blue jersey back. Can we be? Can we be? Can we be frank? I want the blue. I want. I want that entire jersey scheme back. I want the black one. I want the blue one. I don't need a red one. That that's kind of trash. But yeah. give me the black and the blue one. Those those are. If I ever play with the Sixers in two K, mm-hmm. those are the jerseys I put on the team every single time. And that's not a question. 
Okay. Hey guys, Chris here to let you know that this week's episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why is brought to you in part by Swanson Health. Now, as I'm sure you know, Swanson has been with us for a while now and it's a partnership that we're really excited about because quite frankly, it's a company that we feel good recommending to you. Swanson Health adheres to what they call the Swanson Quality Code and basically what that means that if they're not comfortable giving it to their family, they're not gonna sell it to you. That's the kind of thing that makes me feel really good about a company. These guys are committed to purity and potency from raw ingredients to the final product. They rigorously test their products internally and externally for purity and potency. What you're getting is the best of the best. What I wanted to talk to you about today was the Langer Probiotic. This is the most popular probiotic with 16 unique strains to replenish bacteria plus a prebiotic FOS to nourish them. Langer Probiotic also provides unique colon and immune system health and you know that's the kind of stuff that's really important. Gut health is incredibly important. So if you want to try the probiotic for yourself or any of Swanson's say 18 or so thousand other incredible products, use the promo code SPORTS20, S-P-O-R-T-S-2-0 for 20% off site-wide and free shipping on orders $50 and more on Swanson.com, S-W-A-N-S-O-N.com. Hey guys, it's Chris to let you know this week's episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why is brought to you by Himalaya Botanique Toothpaste. I'll tell you what, the good people over at Himalaya were kind enough to send us over a little goodie box to try out their stuff. They sent the neem and pomegranate toothpaste, they sent a couple of whitening complete care versions, and also another complete care toothpaste. I was excited to try this out. I busted out the, the big bottle of neem and pomegranate that they sent, and I'll tell you what, I really like it. I've never been a fan of mint, so normal toothpastes are a little bit off-putting for me, but the pomegranate here is a really nice, subtle taste that I prefer. So Himalaya Botanique, our sponsor for today's episode, is a toothpaste that's free from fluoride, SLS, and artificial colors and flavors. But unlike other similar toothpastes, they do not compromise on flavor or performance. Himalaya toothpaste is always bursting with foam and flavor. That's true, I attest to that. They may have started out as an advertiser, but this is going to be a good deal for them because they're going to have me as a customer for a very long time. If you'd like to join me and try some yourself, you can get 20% off Himalaya Botanique toothpaste on Amazon with the discount code Here's Y20 H-E-R-E-S-W-H-Y 2-0. Check out our show notes for a nice easy link on how to get it and more details on this episode's sponsorship with Himalaya Botanique. I'm by the way, I'm super <laughs> I'm super excited about uh, 2K21 for uh, I think I got it on Xbox Series X. So I'm super hyped to play that. I can't wait. I'm I'm Famously holding off to playing any of the new consoles until Christmas, so they will they will be my Christmas present to myself. I like how you're just gonna have it in the corner. I am. Just be ready for it. I, I was. I told you this last night. I yeah. as I was nervously just waiting for election results. I, I was clearing out space in in my entertainment center because I have to move stuff around. Because right now my the, my PlayStation's on one side, my Xbox is on the other. I need them had to move them both to the same side so that the uh, the standing consoles are gonna fit. I need to. I need to. I need to invest in an entertainment center. I just don't know how it would fit in my house. I mean, like just with the way my my with the way my television and living room is set up, it's an entertainment center at this time, at this moment doesn't make a lot of sense. There's too many kids running around. Well, that's that's entirely fair. But <laughs> well, and the one thing I would say to you, unless you have changed this, your your television was mounted 
pretty high, so it might look a little bit weird having like a, a four foot gap in between the entertainment center and the TV. I mean, there's a problem because there's a fireplace there. Yeah. Like if the TV was on any other wall in the house, we wouldn't have this issue, right? Like if it was on, it really would only really be on one side of the house uh, that that would make any other sense outside of where it is now. And and that would be fine, and I could have it lower, I could have an entertainment center. Instead, I'll just develop neck pain from always having to look up at the TV. These are options. You know you you own the house, and you guys can do what you want with it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I own the house. That's right. I get to pick and choose, Chris. <laughs> I pick and choose the decorating. Look, you are an, you're known for your eye. <laughs> oh, I mean, I, I, you want to talk about house planning? I am the guy you want to talk to. No, I really don't want to talk about house planning. But, <laughs> but you know, when I when I move, uh, you're my first call. We'll we'll hit up Pier One and we'll just just go nuts. Yeah, Pier One, COVID casualty. But we, <laughs> maybe we can buy some of their stuff at auction. Fine, we'll go to Home Goods. All right, I'll I'll go to Home Goods with you. That's fine. All right, done deal. Um, <laughs> let's talk about some of the some of the games in the NFL this week. I think we should turn our attentions to that. This is uh, <clears throat> it's an interesting week. You know, this this game on Thursday night, not necessarily the most interesting game. We've got Green Bay going to San Francisco. Bavada has the uh, 49ers plus seven. This feels like the lock of the year to me to this point. Yeah, it's going to be a rough one for Nick Mullins and uh, and the, the San Francisco 49ers. Is it Mullins? I, like, have we heard that yet? Because I know they've, uh, gone, they've gone to him and then gone to Beathard twice. I think, I think, I don't know if it's been 100% confirmed. I think that's where they were leaning to. Um my, I mean, you wouldn't like as Eagles fans, we sit around and complain about the injury bug. Yeah. The 49ers have like the most legitimate injury bug, like complaints of all time. It's almost up there with my fantasy team. Mm. Um, yeah, those two are the on the same of, level. With the amount of people that have been been just devastated by injury on this team, the Kittle news. The worst part about the Kittle news is that Sunday when it happens, Sunday night they're like, we did an X-ray, we're straight. He's fine, no fracture. And then they do an MRI on Monday, and they're like, fracture, he's done for the season pretty much, eight weeks, whatever. And it's just it's just the, 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 the worst part about a Super Bowl losing hangover mm-hmm. is this. Like this, you want to at least pretend like you're in contention and then get your heart ripped out in the playoffs. You know what I mean? Yeah. In the 49ers case, they're not even going to have anywhere near that option. And then they have people that could have career-changing injuries. You know, a lot of ACLs getting floated around. Whatever's going mm. on with Jimmy G's foot, um, you know, it's it's just all the running back problems. I mean, they're starting guys I've literally never heard of. Right. Um, they, their wide receiver crew is great until you get the the situation they're in tomorrow, where they had that positive test, and now like Ayuk's out. Um, uh, um, Stevo Samuel's going to be out. Are uh, they? But I, I haven't seen the update on that. It was like right before we started talking, I saw that they, because they were considered close contacts, they won't play tomorrow. Uh, so that is, it's going to be a really ugly game for them. Uh, I mean, uh, the Packers should oh graciously, goodness. the Packers should graciously return the favor of the whoopings they would get. They got in the Kaepernick era uh, from the 49ers. Just, just run it, really run it up, Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers. I think that's, I think that's what we're going to be looking at tomorrow. So Debo was already out with a hamstring, but I am I'm seeing this stuff now, and Debo is out. Trent Williams has been put on the on the COVID list. Brandon Ayuk is on the COVID list. Uh, we've got 
uh, Jordan Reed was limited. Obviously, Kittle's two weeks. And I thought there was one more receiver. Kendrick Bourne is on yeah. the on the COVID list. Well, Bourne, Bourne is, is the positive test. Yeah, he was the guy that was confirmed uh, positive. And it's it's just a bummer. It's a bummer that that's the Thursday night game that we're going to get. This feels like this game's going to get moved. Uh, well, that's what I thought initially. And then they were like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna play this game. We're not, we're not gonna mess around uh, with this. I don't know when, I, did, when did this test happen. I'm looking at this right now. Everything was today. It was confirmed. Born tested positive a day before the 49ers are scheduled to play the Packers. Game remains on for now, but there's a chance it gets moved. This move, this game's getting moved. This is gonna be this is gonna be like a Tuesday game. I hope so. I, I hope so because it's it's not great. It's like that would be. They would literally be just like feeding the like leading the lambs to the slaughter at that point if you're the if you're the 49ers. It's just not good. It's been a, it's been a real tough season for for them and I guess I guess it's the post Super Bowl hangover is real and then also mixed with everyone just everyone on your team going down at different times. And then all at the same time. So the rule for close contacts is mandatory 5 days, right? So that would be Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Theoretically, uh, Ayuk could play on Monday. That seems right. Uh, as long yeah. as he as long as he tests positive every time. Negative. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Positive. <laughs> this is one of the the weird situations where positive is bad and negative is good. Uh, it's, it's never. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, uh, only the medical world is where we're using that. Plans on still playing the game on Thursday night. I'm, was, I'm trying to see. Was Trent Williams a close contact too? That's that's weird that it's a bunch of wide receivers and Trent Williams. He's in the huddle. That's standing next to him. I don't know. Yeah, like isn't one. the guy in the locker room with everybody? Isn't he on? Weren't they? They weren't home last week, were they? Or were they? They play. Who'd they play last week? They played Seattle. Sounds yeah, right. Seattle. And it was, I don't. I can't remember. if It was in Seattle or in San Francisco. But like. And I guess the positive came on Wednesday, so maybe the guy got it later. It's right. it's all confusing. I I, I I I I don't know if they'll move it. They probably should just for uh, from a competitive standpoint. Um, give give the 49ers some sort of hope, or they look at it and go, "Yeah, man, you guys are starting either C.J. Beathard or or Nick Mullins, and we're just gonna you know we're just gonna we we know where this one's going anyway." Yeah. Why why delay the inevitable? Basically? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the Packers, you know, selfishly, you have to think the Packers want to play this game tomorrow night, as long as these people test positive tomorrow or again, test negative tomorrow. (laughs) Uh, because man, if you can play this 49ers team without Garoppolo, without the the running backs, without Debo, without Ayuk, without Trent Williams, without Bosa, without Solomon Thomas. Yeah. I think they, I think that six and a half could hold up. I mean, but the Packers, how is there a line on this right now? Well, the, maybe because the Packers have their own COVID issues. I mean, Jamal yeah. Williams tested positive. Uh, that means A.J. Dillon and whoever that other third back, considering Jones has been out, whoever that guy's out, they're starting two guys with like uh, – they're playing two guys with like 15 combined NFL carries. Yeah, it's, Tyler Irvin from San Jose State and the, uh, the, the Notre Dame running back who they picked in the sixth round last year, Dexter Williams. Yeah, that's what it is, Dexter Williams. So, I mean, it's this is the COVID bowl, uh, mm-hmm. honestly. So uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see uh, what the NFL does. They have to move it, right? You like they think. can't play this game. 
Uh, you would think this feels like let's just push it. You know, we we've been doing those early Monday night games. Let's we could do that again. We could play it Tuesday. I mean, this is this is a yeah. national game, so I guess I get to be a national game on either one of those days anyway. So what the hell? Yeah, now Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. They, they Joe Buck doesn't have the World Series. He's got nothing else going on. Call the Sunday game and then go call a Monday game. Nothing else going on in his life. Let's talk about the Baltimore Ravens going to Indy to take on the Colts. Bavada has the Colts plus two at home, so they clearly don't buy the struggles that Baltimore had last week, and specifically the struggles that Lamar Jackson had last week. Do the Ravens stink? Like I, I'm no. I'm, I'm, it's <laughs> they don't stink. It's it's either the Steelers are really good or the Ravens stink, and I lean more towards the Ravens stink, only for one reason. The Steelers, the Steelers almost let the Eagles come back and win a game, and the Eagles stink. So there's, uh, I'm doing, I'm doing NFL stink property. math. Yeah, there, there's a lot of NFL stink math going on here. Um, but to me, if you watched any parts of that game, and and I was enthralled in in other things going on in the house as I was watching Red Zone and and setting things up so I could dress like Mr. Potato Head, it's it's like. Just another Thursday night. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's to me like the the Ravens get down any points. Like they got put in a bad position. Lamar threw the early pick six, and you're you're like they they just panic. Like they don't know what to do. It's it's a it's a Will Ferrell uh, or Ricky Bobby winning the race. I don't know what to do with my hands situation mm-hmm. when they go down like ten seven. Like they they just they throw it out the window. They don't have the talent at wide receiver. The talent they have at wide receiver likes to yell about not getting the ball post game on Twitter. Um, Des Bryant's there. <laughs> I'm telling you, at this point, at this point, Des Bryant. Uh, what what is it? it ten months off an Achilles is probably a better option than Willie Sneed. I'm just going to say it. I don't know. Yeah, the receivers hurt. I mean, I think I think they've lost something with the tight ends, too. Shockingly, the, the loss of Hayden Hurst seems to matter more than I expected it to. But they don't stink. They're 5-2. and two. They've won 71% of their games. They they have a 70-point uh, points advantage, plus minus. This team clearly doesn't stink. Well, no, I'll give you that. I'll give you that for sure, but... Look at the teams they've beat versus the teams they've gotten they've they've lost to. One they they again they're in the the Eagles realm where they they also almost at least went to overtime with the Eagles. Um, yeah, they got but absolutely they... like absolutely smashed by uh, the Kansas City Chiefs Two like, touchdowns. in an absolute blowout. Two touchdowns. Yeah, they, but if you watch that game, you you knew what this was. They let well, um, yeah, and that was that was the game. I felt like Lamar Jackson lost himself a lot of money. That was the Lamar Jackson. I'm also worth five hundred million dollars contract uh, game, and he uh, did not live up to those expectations. Just beat the you're right. Just just beat the Eagles. They absolutely trounced the Bengals, who were turning into a decent team. They beat Washington by two touchdowns. They they beat up on the Texans, and they absolutely killed the Browns week one. Yeah, they're running up 70-plus point differential, and you're talking about, you know, 32 of that is that Cleveland game. That Cleveland 30. team is 5-3. and three. 
They also stink, though. Like, yeah. let's. I think everybody in the NFL at this point stinks. You, I, you I, just think everyone stinks. Everyone and everything in general stinks. There's, there's like two good. To, well, that. <laughs> you know what, Chris? You might be right with that one. <laughs> but there's like three to four like really like solid teams. One top tier team. That's the Chiefs. Eagles. And then below. Well, of course. Then you go below that, and it's almost. It's almost like everybody's just uh, like. You don't know what to expect week in and week out from one of these, from any of these teams. Mm-hmm. Like it, the Ravens, I don't want to say they've been figured out offensively, but it, it it appears there's a little less Lamar magic than there was, and and that could be like you mentioned the tight end thing, the the overhyping of Mark Andrews, um, and I think it's more from a fantasy basis than anything oh, yeah. else. He scores touchdowns, like, so he's a superstar. Exactly, exactly. He really doesn't do anything else. Like, he's, he's a guy that's like, I uh, got four catches, 28 yards, and he scored two touchdowns. So, like, fantasy-wise, everybody's like, yo, Mark Andrews is, like, the fourth best tight end in the league. Wrong. That's definitely not the case. But statistically, from, from a fantasy points perspective, he is. But I don't think they're getting they're, – they're not getting the production that they really need out of that position. And you mentioned Hayden Hurst, who's gone to Atlanta and been – Pretty solid. Yeah, pretty solid is, is as good as we can say he's doing. But <laughs> but they well, they definitely the they definitely miss that second tight end. Uh, I want let's talk about another game. This is an interesting one. Tua Tungo Vailoa and those Miami Dolphins head to Arizona to take on the Arizona Cardinals. Bavada has the Cardinals minus four at home. Uh, before we get into this, what did you think of the Tua debut? Uh, I mean, he left a lot to be desired. Yeah. Right? But, he he wasn't. He wasn't he wasn't the Tua from Alabama, but he's also not playing with the same level of talent in his offense. Which is funny because now he's a professional. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But it's like you know, he's gotta work his way into the NFL game and you're on a team where the offensive line is whatever. It's not great. It's mm. probably not even good, if we're being perfectly honest. Uh, you have some weapons, like, uh, you know, Devontae Parker. He's definitely definitely somebody you could throw to. Um, Gesicki's really cooled down over the past couple weeks. I also think there's an issue with I think the Dolphins made this move a hair too early, right? Mm. Um, I think that they should have probably let Ryan Fitzpatrick ride it out maybe two or three more weeks because I think when you make that move, there's a, 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 a an attitude in that locker room that sort of falls, right? They they go from yeah, man, we're like actually like we're three and three or th- we're four and three. Yeah, we might have a shot here to like sneak into the playoffs, this and that. We come off a big win, and then the bye week, it's like, all right, two is starting now. And it probably was the plan from, you know, Jump Street. Um, it, that was most likely what they were always going to do, so I, I get it. If, if that um, was the case, then Ryan Fitzpatrick was not privy to it. No, yeah, definitely not. Um, it, it, honestly, they should do him a favor and trade him to the Cowboys, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but did you see who signed with the Houston Texans today, Gregory? Is it Matt Schaub? No, it's Josh McCown. Ah, look at that. Leaving the Eagles practice squad. squad. I mean, he's getting free money. Yeah, but I mean, he he gets to stay in Texas. He was in Texas. He was coaching high school football and paid by the Eagles. Right, and now he's getting paid more and gets to stay in Texas. That's true. That's a good point. Eh, (laughs) And he gets another jersey. 
absolutely. I want I want to go through. I want to get every McCown jersey. I want Luke and Josh and just all of them from every team they played for. All right, that, that's all um, you're getting. I I like to get <laughs> I like to get everybody's stuff for Christmas from Underdog, and that's all you're getting from now on. And it's going to take Luke and Josh McCown. It's going to take like it's going to take like 22 years to to get to make this right. But uh, it is my my one and only goal in life. And I I want to see them be prominently displayed in your home. Yeah, that's fine. I'll put them under museum glass because you don't want to put them under regular glass. Museum glass is the way to go if you're framing something. I think a lot less uh, a lot less reflection. Good, good call. Um, (laughs) We'll we'll pick some up at Home Goods. (laughs) Perfect. We're already going there. That's what I'm saying. Um, But but no, I think you know two is going to have those struggles. Uh, There's just not enough around him to uh, to really just be like. Oh, he should come in and just kill it for that team. Fitzpatrick was winning with that team based off veteran, like, savvy. Mm-hmm. Like, he'd make those plays that, that you expect a guy who's been in the league for 18 years to make and not something you expect a guy in his first start to make. Um, veteran savvy and, and Fitzmagic. Uh, well, of course. F- Fitzmagic is, is abundant these days. Um, they're going to get killed by the Cardinals. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's just... I, I, mean, I don't know that that's true, man. The Cardinals. Uh, there's something about this Dolphins team. Brian Brian Flores is my coach of the year so far. He definitely has done a phenomenal job. Even last year, when everyone was in the the, the Dolphins are just tanking for well, ironically Tua. Yeah. Um, and it Mission out, accomplished. They didn't, the, they didn't have the number one pick because of how good of a coach Brian Flores is. Right. I mean, it's it's pretty clear when you talk about the the Bill Belichick coaching tree. He's already emerging as a guy who could be a top candidate. Oh, he's uh, the best the guy. Best, yeah, it's the best to come out of that thing, which is amazing to say considering he's only been a head coach for what like twenty four games in the NFL. So. I, is there a close second? No, <laughs> it's it's what like uh, I, O'Brien was there, uh, Romeo Crennel, Charlie Weiss, McDaniel's, Patricia. I mean, uh, Joe Judge. Joe is Judge guy. is there, yeah. I, I yeah, think it's O'Brien, Flores. O'Brien's the second, and he has multiple division titles, and he's still a worse coach than Brian Flores. I agree. Which is hilarious. Um, but I just, I, the Cardinals, to me, they got the week off. They, they had, they, you know, kindly had their COVID issues happen while they were on the bye week. Um, so we didn't have to do all this schedule jumping. Yeah. So <laughs> um, I'm. I, I'm very confident in the Cardinals. I don't know why. It might be because I have DeAndre Hopkins all over the place in fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, but they just – their defense is very solid. The last time we saw them, they were absolutely trouncing um, – was that Monday night? Was it the Cowboys? Yes, it was mm-hmm. the Cowboys. Uh, they fought hard against the Seahawks and managed to pull that game off. Um, you know, obviously there's a little bit of luck involved with some some – Missed field goals, interceptions, and whatnot, but they 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 seem resilient. They seem like their offense is getting to a place where, you know, they're figuring it out how to incorporate Hopkins even more. Um, figuring give Chase Edmonds the ball instead of Kenyon Drake. That yeah. seems to be the plan. Give the good player um, the ball. Yeah, that seems to be the play if you're Arizona. Uh, I, I just I like the team uh, overall. They, obviously, you know Chandler Jones missing on defense definitely hurts, but. Uh, I think you know you still have the 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 consummate professional and, and unbelievable defensive back in Patrick Peterson, who still seems like he has a lot left in the tank. I, I like this team, I really do. Yeah, I remember I remember that Cardinals Cowboys game well because I put a couple of shekels into my Bavada account for that, 
and I had the Cowboys to win outright. Uh, and had the money line, so the Cowboys to win outright. And uh, that didn't happen. The great Andy Dalton experiment. Oh, God. That uh, that didn't happen in a big way for him. <laughs> well, now the Cooper Rush experiment's happening. It, did they announce it's Cooper Rush? I, 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 I guess I Garrett Gilbert. They, I don't think they did officially, but uh, it's it's... It is a mess in the Big D right now. Yeah, how how mess. funny is it that they were like, nope, we're done with Danucci. We're not even going to give him one more week. It, we're done. What What is the sidearm thing? I don't Why know. Why is every throw sidearm? Uh, I mean, there are people purpose? in his face on a lot of them in his defense. But he sure. does get a little carried away with the sidearm stuff. Also, they ran every trick play in the playbook. Oh, my like, God. There was no other trick plays you could have run. Like, honestly, I was waiting for the fumble ruski. Like, I, I said it, that too. Like yeah. I saw like ten plays I've never seen before in a football game. They ran the annexation of Puerto Rico at one point. <laughs> like, are you kidding? We're taking we're taking plays from the little giants, and that's what we're running. Well, I, I just it, unfathomable. Waiting for them to uh, who, who had like the the crazy like ninety five lateral play at the end of last weekend. Oh, um, uh, I was waiting. And about. honestly, yeah, I know it got called back at one point, but they should have gotten it. They should have been awarded a touchdown for that. I don't Absolutely. care. <laughs> I don't care uh, if it wasn't technically legal. We're uh, we're going with it. Um, here's an interesting one. Here's an interesting one, Gregory. And only because of how inept one of these teams are and how much the other team is struggling. Monday night affair. You know, you wouldn't want to preempt this for the with, for that 49ers uh, Packers game. The New England Patriots had the New York to take on the New York football Jets. Bavada has the Jets plus seven and a half at home. Gregory, is this the week the Jets get in the W column? The Patriots are so bad. Yes, they are. Like, they're just so bad. It's Remember week one and like week two, we were like, yo, the Patriots, Cam they, Newton they figured good. it out. They they did it, and all of a sudden they just like forgot how to play football. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't really know. Maybe it's the COVID issues and and all that just derailed their season. They just they 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 don't have it. No. I, and it's weird to say about a Bill Belichick led team, um, but there's just something there. And maybe it's <clears throat> it's switching it's switching your entire identity from a pure pocket passer guy. You know who's gonna yeah. who's gonna take a three step five step drop and he's gonna just throw the ball all over the field and you yeah you, know, you kind of have a running back but it's more of a committee too. Cam can try to do that he's just not it's not on the level of a guy like Tom Brady so the offense isn't as efficient and that's where you run into you run into major problems yeah and to put this in perspective like Justin Herbert a rookie has made six starts fifteen touchdowns five interceptions Cam Newton. Two touchdowns, seven interceptions. Oof, man, eh, both teams stink, but yeah, that is that's bad. From a, from a quarterback in comparison, you're, you're just not good. The, 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 this is the bet on yourself, Cam, too, where it's I have you know a year contract. I deserve to be a starter in this league. And after two weeks, it was like, yo, the Patriots just fooled everybody, and now yeah. it's it's woof. I still think they beat the Jets because it's the Jets. Yeah, but. Uh, I don't know if they cover. I don't know if they cover that number. By the way, I've been calling this for weeks now. This, this in my mind is an audition game for Sam Darnold for Bill Belichick. I, I really believe Ooh. that. I think Sam Darnold is the next quarterback of the Patriots. I kind of like that. I kind of like that. Give, give, 
Give give Sam a shot here. Let's. I think Sam gets unfairly judged. Oh, hundred percent. Um, for the situations that he's been in, and we'll do the same thing to Trevor Lawrence. Uh, but it's. I don't. Th- it's, I think Trevor Lawrence is good enough to change the situation. Well, Joe Douglas said that Adam Gase is part of the solution, so I think. Yeah, I think the, the final lot, solution, Gregory. <laughs> I think there's a lot of Jesus. <laughs> I think there's a lot of bad things um, in that franchise. How could you say that about Adam Gase? How could you say that he's part well, of the solution? Well, he is part of the solution because he's the lottery ticket that lets you get Trevor yes. Lawrence and then you get rid of him. I guess. I guess. It, you think, it, hopefully Joe Douglas is thinking that way, but I don't have confidence that that's the case. What are you going to say? Chance. Like, oh, I don't think my coach has a future here. I'm just going to keep him around. Yeah, we're ha- keeping him around. Keep yeah, him around. We're, pay, we're paying him, around. so we're, we're going to let him stick around. Might as well pay him instead of pay him and somebody else. Didn't they say they went to they were going into hyperspeed in like week three? They were no. like, now it's time to go into hyperspeed as an offense, and they just still stink. I think they meant like I think they meant hypersleep. They might have. They absolutely might have. Oh, they, I I couldn't, dude. I can barely survive with a team that is like rocky and like every game's a nightmare. Like there was no reason for the Cowboys game to be a nightmare, but it nah. was for like two and a half quarters. Yup. Um, I remember looking up at, at a point with like nine minutes left in the fourth quarter and being like, oh my God, we have like a two touchdown lead. Like this yeah. is comfortably over. Like I don't have to worry that we need the ball back with five minutes left in the fourth quarter to try and tie the game with a two point conversion. Like this is nice. Where was this? Where was this for seven weeks of the season? And, um, yeah, agreed. But yeah, but if as a Jets fan, it's just miserable. Like the. That is pure misery. You're rooting like, for I, losses. I think, you're absolutely I, rooting for losses. Yeah, but even when you're rooting for wins, all you get is losses. Like that's you had the two Mark Sanchez Rex Ryan AFC Championship appearances, and then outside of that, like you've pretty much had nothing for thirty years. Like it's it's bad, man. It's it would be terrible to be a Jets fan. Well, right now, uh, looking at Tankathon, the Jets would be adding Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, and Chris Olave to their offense. You think that might change things a little bit? Uh, probably until until somebody comes around the corner uh, or off the edge and just absolutely cracks somebody because their O line still can't stop anybody. Well, Becton's been solid, and I, I think Becton's gonna, Becton's going to be a good tackle. But uh, I'd like to I'd like to add a tackle in the second round if I was them as well. But uh, you mentioned uh, the word Rocky, and that just got me thinking about this Michigan State-Michigan game from last weekend and the fact that Michigan State quarterback Rocky Lombardi might be the greatest football name ever. It's a really good one. It's, I mean, it's a really, really good name. What, what, How? what position? If you say you know nothing about the person, and you just hear the name Rocky Lombardi. What position does he play? Do Rocky Lombardi is a strong side linebacker? And he, and he is a run stopper. Like, there's no doubt about it. That's what he's there for. He's hitting the holes as hard as possible. He's occasionally getting the blitz. He definitely has a cowboy collar. There's zero <laughs> chance. That, uh, Maybe a, a cowboy actually, hat. I was like, he might. <laughs> uh, let me tell you, there's there's this dude I'll never forget. I don't know his name. I don't remember what year <laughs> there's, it was. There's this dude I'll never forget. I but don't remember his name. It's the image of this guy. Uh-huh. It had to be, I mean, we're talking, it had to be somewhere during high school, whether it's sophomore, junior, sophomore, junior year, probably junior year. It was like a Wednesday night and I was playing cards at my buddy's house because I don't know, I was, it's a Wednesday and you're in high school. Sure. That's what you do, I, I guess. Don't, we don't need the background information. Um, uh, Akron was playing and they showed a linebacker on Akron. Yeah. This is the guy, this is the image of Rocky Lombardi. Just unbelievably jacked. 
cowboy collar, like the tightest jersey you've ever seen, and just the darkest tinted visor. Like that's <laughs> Rocky Lombardi. He's the creative player that you would make in NCAA football if you were playing a linebacker. Like that's who I picture Rocky Lombardi. Just un, un like uh, unnecessarily jacked to play football, and and just every aesthetic that you can think of added on to to his uniform and uh, equipment. So I'm, I think he's either – look, he's the greatest player at either one of these positions. There's no question about that. Greatest player in the history of the game at either one of these positions. But, like, I, my instinct is fullback. That's just, <laughs> that feels right to me. But also it could be, like, just a, a beast offensive tackle. You know what, man? Fullback, fullback really sticks out. That – you might have hit. You might have hit the nail right here on the head. You're talking about a guy. He gets in there. He's 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 just you know trying to trying to push the pile. Get guy you know get guys out of the way and clear a path. Oh yeah, he's drunk. He's, he's definitely drunk. Hundred <laughs> percent drunk. <laughs> but your name's Rocky and you're playing fullback. It's it's kind of perfect. Yeah, like he. I, that's the kind of person you expect him to show up in like the fourth season of Friday Night Lights. Well, like, well fullbacks. <laughs> <laughs> fullbacks, the names of fullbacks. Yeah. Like you, when you name somebody something, like that's you know it's a fullback. Like I think of John Ritchie. Mm-hmm. Like if you gave me John Ritchie and asked me what position he played, I'm going fullback. Yeah, like, you're, not, you're no... not saying President John Ritchie. No, no, exactly. We're we're definitely saying fullback John Ritchie. I mean, the guy bled out of his head because oh, of his helmet every game. Yeah, he had that cyst. That was it. Made him look so badass though, and he oh, knew dude, it. Dude, it was perfect. It was absolutely perfect. And he knew Just, it. A hundred percent. Look, we can't do any better than, than evoking no. imagery of John Ritchie. So we're going to end <laughs> it here. That's been this week's episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why. For Greg Crone, I'm Chris Horwoodell. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.